Hey, as we've been talking about, this is Mission Sunday. This is our last Sunday where we're going to be focusing on missions for this for the month. Um, next week, we're going to begin a new series, so I encourage you to join us for that. But we are super, super excited to have our guest this morning with us. So what I want to do is I want to have Ryan Moore come and join me right now. Hey, let's give Ryan a hand this morning as he comes. As we can see on the um, boards in front of us, Ryan is with Builders International. He's been with them since 2007. Yes, sir. 2007, and we know that time flies by, and we're going to allow him to speak for himself, but we just want to welcome you here, Ryan, and your son, Asher. So thank you, Asher, for joining your dad and making his visit more just family stuff, okay? So, Ryan, here you go. Thank you for awesome. joining us. God bless. Hey, Pastor Mike, thank you so much. Thanks for having us. And um, we... Um, are just thrilled to be here at Journey Church for Missions Month. And I got to tell you, I am so excited to see all of you here today. What a fantastic crowd for the final Sunday of Mission Sunday. And you know, Pastor, I was just thinking as you stood up there with the special need, I'm a preacher's kid. I grew up as a, as a um, you know, in a congregation just like this. And isn't it fantastic that in moments like this that catch us sometimes by surprise, we have family that surrounds us, prays with us, believes with us. And what a, what a privilege to be a part of this, this family and this fellowship, Assemblies of God, anywhere in the world that I go walk into a church Anywhere in the world, I just feel like I'm at home. I feel like I'm at home, and it's an honor to be a part of that, that fellowship. I just, um, I so appreciate Dan and Veronica Sparling, by the way, who are longtime friends of ours, been a part of Builders International and MAPS Construction, helping build um, churches and all kind of different uh, ministry facilities all over the world. So Dan and Veronica, thanks for hosting us. And uh, we went sledding at their house yesterday, and we had fun uh, tracking up all the nice snow on the hill behind their house. And um, had a lot of fun. Dan went down the hill a couple of times on the sled. If you would like to uh, experience what that's like, it's fun with Dan. Yep. So, yeah, is that's why he stood for prayer this morning. That might be our fault. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So absolutely. So hey, we're so we're we're thrilled to be here. Let me just start by saying thank you so much for your faithfulness in giving to missions. And sometimes it could be easy to perhaps overlook the impact that you're making, and I hope to share some of that with you today. And um, we'll be we'll talk more about that. But first, let me just introduce my family. I got a picture here, the rest of my family. So my wife Lacey and my daughter Lindsay, and um, they're back in Missouri. We live in Ozark, Missouri. That's where the offices are for Builders International, and we're we're thrilled and honored to be a part of this this fellowship and doing what we do. You know, just a little about our fellowship. I know you've been learning about missions and various aspects of that. Um, and in fact, I know um, some of you here went with with uh, Brad Foltz a few years ago, right, Dan, to help build a church. That was just in 2019. Um, and I think, Brad, um, was that, Dan, that was church number 114, I think, of Honduras 100 on to 114. And I'm excited to say the work of building the church continues on uh, very much because of people just like you. Pastor Mike, you went and helped build that, didn't you? Yes. So you know how to build churches. <laughs> a man of many talents. I'll tell you what, um, when it comes to going on a missions trip, and especially a construction trip, you may think, man, what would I have to offer? And believe it or not, 
there will be something you will be able to do that's productive and helpful. So I know that the church um, is planning to go, right? Journey Church is going to be looking at times to travel again and go on mission trips, and they're opening back up. We would love to host you um, on a trip somewhere in the world. This Fellowship of Assemblies of God was founded in 1913, and ever since then, we have been all about missions. In fact, um, the, the very purpose that we established this organization around was, was that very topic. And at the, at the second general council of Assemblies of God, um, A.P. Collins was a chairman and closed in prayer with this commitment. He said, we commit ourselves to him for the greatest evangelism that the world has seen. That was a big prayer in 1913 for some hillbillies in Arkansas. Um, Believe me, that was a big prayer. 300 people founded this fellowship. Today, we're a part of a fellowship that's almost 70 million people because of that uh, great audacious faith. J. Philip Hogan said, at the very core of the founding of the Assemblies of God was the fervor to fulfill the Great Commission and to preach the gospel in all the world. I saw um, the flag parade that you had with the missionaries that that you support in all the various countries. You have made a a tremendous impact because of your your generosity and giving. And just as a fellowship, we simply believe that um, Acts 1-8 is for us, which says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Judea, in Samaria, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And it's happening right here at home and and abroad because of your giving to missions. Um, Our fellowship has 2,700 missionaries in 252 countries and um, almost 70 million adherents to our fellowship worldwide because of people just like you who faithfully give to missions on a regular basis. Um, I know um, Billy Graham traveled and worked with uh, Assemblies of God a good bit abroad, and he's, he's been noted with saying this. I don't know. I can't find the source, but he said, I found that anywhere in the world I go, I can find Coca-Cola and an Assemblies of God church. <laughs> and um, I don't know, for those of you who have been on a missions trip or traveled, it's, I, I was in the middle of Africa and it was hot, and there was no, no businesses and no electricity. And this kid came up to me trying to sell me a cold Coca-Cola. That is, I'm not making that up. That happened to me. I'm like, how did that happen? But there was, I was standing at an Assemblies of God church, you know. So um, that's just, that's the truth. Um, now, I know today as you came in, uh, Brother Erlen was passing out uh, faith promise cards. Um, I want to make sure you have one of these, and we'll, come, we'll give you an opportunity if you missed these. But this is what today is about. Today is about you hearing about what's going on around the world and having an opportunity to respond to be a part of helping to continue the mission that God has called each of us to, taking his gospel around the world. And I'm excited uh, about what's happening. Um, Builders International gets to step into the mix where missionaries are moving forward and making things happen, and the church is growing, and we get to help. Um, Even though COVID continues to bring instability to many countries around the world, um, now more than ever, we believe people need a, a safe place to find hope. They need an opportunity to hear the gospel. Imagine not having a family to come around you when you face that moment. And um, we get to help make that possible. 
Um, Jennifer, let's go to the next slide. I want to introduce you to a, a pastor in, in Uruguay. This is Pastor Marcella and Virginia. And the country of Uruguay is, um, has been a very difficult place for the gospel. Very atheistic. It's European. In terms of Latin America, it's unique in that the church has not been strong. In September of 2017, the Assemblies of God of Uruguay um, focused on a common theme, preaching in all of their services with a call to church planting. They had over 100 people respond in all of the churches at the end of that month. And since then, they've been training church planters, and they've planted over 35 churches. We've um, had the opportunity to come in behind them and help new church plants build the first building. Um, their first church building in communities all over Uruguay. We're at number 17 right now. Well, Pastor Marcelo was church number one of 100, and we got to step in with him last year. This is what happened. Um, we built church number one. We, it's just a year. Uh, they just celebrated being in that building a year. They had 124 salvations, Pastor, in the first year in this community outside of the, the main, the main uh, city there where we built this. Really exciting to be a part of what God is doing. And at, at the core of what helped make that possible, I think, yeah, the, the, uh, the taller guy there is Steve McCarthy. He's a missionary, fantastic couple, supported by churches to go work in the country of Uruguay and work with a national church, all made possible because of people like you giving monthly, giving regularly, giving to missions because you believe in the call that God has placed on your heart. Even in the chaos around the world, the church is moving forward. When Jesus said, I will build my gates, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, he was serious, he meant it. And uh, COVID can't stop it. Um, here's here's what's, what's amazing, God's at work and your giving is making an impact. Um, around the world with the Assemblies of God, every minute there's a new believer that comes to salvation. Every minute. Just think about that. I mean, today there will be, um, uh, um, well, however many minutes there are in a day, but I know it's, two, it's 525 minutes, 525,000 minutes in a year. So that's how many people approximately are being saved each year. There's a church planted every hour. A church planted every hour within our fellowship. And it's all made possible because of people like you giving regularly to help support missionaries that go abroad that do all kinds of work with national churches. Thank you so much for your giving to missions. A little bit about builders. Basically what we do as a ministry, um, we find people like you that are generous, that love missions and giving and going. And we plug you into missionaries like Steve McCarthy that are working with the national church that need help building a building, churches, Bible schools, all kind of buildings um, that are needed in ministry. We love getting to do that. And I've got a video here I'd like to show. Just recently, we launched an initiative called Project Shovel Ready. And this will give you an idea of some of the things that we're up to as Builders International around the world. Hey friends, this is Jeremy Godwin with Builders International. Right now, there are 34 shovel-ready projects all around the world. And because of you, these projects are moving forward. Here is just a glimpse of what you've been a part of in just the past three months. 
in Uruguay, we're working with a dynamic missionary couple, Steve and Joe McCarthy. They are working with the National Church to build 100 churches in Uruguay. Despite COVID and the pandemic, churches 10, 11, and 12 have just been funded, finished, and dedicated thanks to you. Hi, this is Nancy Wespital from Ukraine. I'm here at the ministry center that uh, you're helping us to build. Uh, we're just putting up the second floor. Uh, work is continuing and we're very thankful for all the support that you're giving us. The, because of uh, Project Shovel Ready, uh, work is continuing in Ukraine. God bless you. Hello, Builders International friends. This is John Wilford, missionary partner in the Philippines. Uh, just want to give you a quick thank you. Uh, because of your efforts, Shovel Ready projects in the Philippines are moving forward. Missionary Brad Foltz, along with a team, traveled on a mission trip to Honduras. And thanks to you, they have just completed and dedicated church number 126. Hi, Sam Paris here in Tana, Vanuatu with an exciting update about the Tana Mission Center project. Uh, as you can see, the far side over there, a lot of work has been done. In fact, we just finished pouring the beam and that is the Mission Center side, uh, which means in about a week, the trusses and the roof is about to go on. So <laughs> my family can hardly wait. Uh, on this other side over here is the coordinating center. The slab is finished, beams are ready to be poured, and then we're gonna start the block work as well. And I just wanna say thanks to Project Shovel Ready, the Tana Mission Center project in Vanuatu is going ahead. The Honduras Transformation Center will provide 200 students a place to call home. These students will get high quality training from accredited professors, as well as practical experience to take back to their indigenous communities and transform them with the gospel. Our missionary partner, Mike Brown said, all of this has motivated the people, encouraged the National Church, and inspired them, grown faith, lifted spirits, and created a movement in Honduras. This project really is transforming this nation. This isn't just a building where people go to learn. This is a transformative force, an area in the world where God has come and established his place to send workers into the nations for his glory. I know I have been transformed, my friend. Thanks to your giving, this project is just two weeks away from being completed. All of this was made possible because of your giving. Now this was only six out of 34 Shovel Ready projects. Thank you for your generosity and support as we partner together to advance the kingdom, to push back the darkness, and to build hope all around the world throughout Project Shovel Ready. Amen. Hey, can we give the Lord a round of applause for what he's doing around the world? We love getting to be a part of so many things that are happening um, where, where the church is moving forward, meeting needs and growing around the world. Let's dive into scripture here for a few minutes. In the year 539 BC, Jews were in exile in Jerusalem. Uh, or in Babylon, and Jerusalem was in ruins. And I want to take a look here at the book of Ezra in just a moment. Ezra chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. 
what's going on in the world is the temple had been destroyed in Jerusalem. This is where they worship God. It had been destroyed about 50 years before, and all of the Jews were now basically slaves for Babylon. But something just happened. Persia, a new king, the king of Persia, had just defeated Babylon, and his name's King Cyrus. And I want to take a look here at Ezra chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. Let me read this, and then we'll break it down. In the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, in order to fulfill the word of the Lord spoken by Jeremiah, the Lord moved the heart of Cyrus, king of Persia, to make a proclamation throughout his realm and also to put it in writing. This is what the king of Persia says. The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he has appointed me to build a temple for him at Jerusalem in Judah. Any of his people among you may go up to Jerusalem in Judah and build the temple of the Lord, the God of Israel, the God who is in Jerusalem, and may their God be with them. And in any locality where any survivors may now be living, the people are to provide them with silver and gold, with goods and livestock, and with the free will offerings for the temple of God in Jerusalem. Then the family heads of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and Levites, everyone whose heart God had moved, prepared to go up and build the house of the Lord in Jerusalem. All their neighbors assisted them with articles of silver and gold, with goods and livestock, and with valuable gifts in addition to the free will offering. After years of oppression being uh, uh, treated as slaves, the Jews all of a sudden have an opportunity that God's given them to go back and to rebuild, um, starting with the temple, their homeland. This was a fantastic opportunity, uh, but it was also an opportunity that had huge, huge challenges and obstacles in front of them. Think about um, being hundreds of miles away now, living in, a, in and for many years in a new city, in a new place, being comfortable in your surroundings, even though they're not optimal, um, there were huge burden, uh, huge challenges. Number one, to go back to Jerusalem would mean financial difficulty. Building the temple was going to be very expensive, and only the very poor people still lived in Jerusalem. Number two, there was huge political challenges. And nobody in the surrounding area wanted Jerusalem to come back to power. Another, another challenge was security. They had no wall around the city. Jerusalem used to be this thriving city with this huge wall, eight feet wide, 40 feet high. There was no wall. There was no way to protect themselves. And the task alone, think about the task of building the temple, going back with all those challenges was a huge job. There were more than enough reasons to not get involved in the, this challenge, this opportunity that was given to them. Um, however, they took the decision, they made the decision to act and to move. And I just, I, what I want to do is just share three thoughts briefly with you here for you to consider on this final Sunday of your Mission Sunday. Three thoughts for you to consider um, as we look at this scripture. And uh, the first thought is this, that God opens impossible doors. God opens impossible doors. Look at Ezra 1, verse 1b and 2. The Lord moved on the heart of King Cyrus of Persia 
to make a proclamation throughout his realm and also to put in writing. This is what the king of Persia says. The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth and has appointed me to build the temple for him at Jerusalem. This is a, this is a pagan king. God moved on his heart to build the temple. Um, that's an impossible door that God opened. And um, I don't know about you, but given the, the, the situation in our world today, I find a little bit of peace knowing that God can move on the hearts of, of pagan kings for his purposes. He can, move, he can move mountains and move governments and nations for his purposes. Amen. God will open impossible doors for you to be involved in his mission of reaching the world with the lot for, for the reaching the lost in the world. Number two is this God moves the hearts of his people to go. I think it's very interesting in Ezra 1 verse 5, it says, Then the family heads of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and Levites, everyone whose heart God had moved, prepared to go and build the house of the Lord in Jerusalem. God moved on the hearts of people to go. He's been doing that since the beginning, moving on the hearts of his people to go, to take a step of faith, to take that action step. You know what I love about this? I just thought about this. The Levites, who, these are the priests, right? They were, one of the, they were the clan that responded to go build the temple. So see, it's in your blood. Building churches is in your blood. <laughs> Amen. So um, only those whose heart God moved prepared to go. And our mandate as, as believers today is very clear, Matthew 28, 19, and it's, it's a mandate that says, therefore go, Jesus said, and make disciples of all nations. He didn't say, therefore, some of you go and make disciples. And now we, we respond differently. Not everybody's um, opportunity, or, or, or I would say calling to go is the same. Um, there were a million uh, Jews in exile at this time, and approximately 50,000 of them responded to go. So that would be, you know, 5% actually stepped out and left. Um, but they went, and they were enabled to go. We'll look at that in a moment. But a couple of thoughts here. One is some are called to go long-term. Some are called to go long-term. That's what those 50,000 were. 50,000 people said, I'm going to leave my, the comfort of what I know as comfort at my, as my home here in Babylon. I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm going to make a new life, and I'm going to help build the temple. And I'm at the core of our fellowship, of, at how we work, our missionaries who, uh, j- people just like you sitting in a pew somewhere, God moved on their heart to go. They respond in that call, raise their support, and go to another country, learn another language, um, take their kids and their family, live in all kinds of circumstances they, they go long-term. And um, there's 2,700 of those that are part of our fellowship, all made possible because of, of faith promises, just like those that you're going to be making today and have made before. Um, I, I briefly mentioned to Pastor Mike as the video was playing. One of the missionaries that was um, on there is in Vanuatu. His name's Sam Paris. And um, we're building a, a, what's it's a ministry center and a, home, and a missions home. In, on this island nation of Tana, Vanuatu. You can look that up on the map. It's a little blip in the Pacific. But their family of six has lived in, I think it's like 480 square foot home for six years on this, on this island nation where, I mean, it's like National Geographic kind of thing. Um, 
what a joy it is for us to get to help them build a little bit bigger home and a ministry center. Um, but they, they respond sacrificially to go do what they do. And, um, and it is, it's all possible because of people like us. Some are called to go short-term as well. Um, sending short-term mission teams has been a, at the core of what we do as, as an organization really since the beginning. And um, it's got this word, if, if you see MAPS, it's even up here, it says MAPS. That stands for Missions Abroad Placement Service. And of our fellowship has been sending construction, ministry, um, medical teams all over the world for many years. Going short-term is strategic and purposeful and very valuable part of our mission. Um, how many of you have got to go on a missions trip here before? Who's gone on a missions trip? That's a good number. That's a great um, I hope to see more of those hands going up the next time I'm here and I get to ask how many have been on a, on a missions trip. But you may ask yourself, what kind of impact can I really have going on a week-long trip? Come on, I'm going to be there for a week. You know, what kind of impact can I have? And I would never discount the, you, what impact you can have, but I would say corporately the impacts that missions teams have had are monumental. And um, one of... Uh, let me tell you one specific instance in the country of Cuba. Heather, let's put up the picture there, Brother Hunter. Um, the country of Cuba, I know Dan has been here many times and worked in this country. And I was sitting with Pastor Hunter. He was the superintendent of the country of Cuba. Um, he sent, he's passed away. I think it was just, it's just a few years ago he passed away. Um, when, when Brother Hunter began leading the church there, there, was 80, there were 80 churches that were part of the fellowship. And when he passed away, there were over 8,000 churches that were part of the fellowship. Imagine a man who led a church under huge persecution by the government from 80 to 8,000. And um, we were sitting there on a job site, and um, I was, we sat down. We're having Cuban coffee. If you haven't had it, it's fantastic. It's real strong. Got a lot of sugar. You just need a small little cup. If you had a big cup of it, boy, your, your head would explode. Um, we we're, were having some of that coffee. And I said, hey, Brother Hunter, what is the work of construction? What's it, what has that meant to you here in the country of Cuba? And um, the, fortunately, I was recording. I wanted to hear what his response would be. It's like, does this make a difference? I wanted to know for myself, quite honestly. What are we doing here? And I would, I'd already been a part of Builders for a long time. So he, he said this. He said, Ryan, we were humiliated, um, speaking of the church. Uh, we were humiliated by the old and dilapidated church facilities. Um, it was a humiliation to the church. He said the government would use the poor state of the facilities to degrade the church. And he said it was even illegal for the churches to work on their building. Imagine if you had a leaky roof and it was against the law for you to fix the leak on your roof. That was the situation that they, that they were in. Um, but the Lord opened up a door in the year 2000. Teams were able to start moving and coming in to help build one at a time, slowly but surely. And he said that now that the help comes from the outside, asking for nothing in return, all over the country, even unbelievers ask, how do you get these foreigners um, to come and help you? It, and he said it opens an opportunity to share the gospel and the love of God. And um, it made a, a huge impact on their country. He said, um, what else did he say? He said this, right? Now they have changed their way of looking at the church. 
We are not a group of abandoned sheep. There is a church that has to be respected. Um, construction teams specifically in the, in, the, in the country of Cuba made a huge impact in, in, in the uh, encouragement of the pastors and in their standing in the country and in their ability to witness and grow and share the gospel. Short-term mission teams make a huge impact. So when you get the opportunity to go, um, as soon as the, 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 it's, it's uh, scheduled and ready to register and go, I would highly encourage you, please, go on the short-term mission trip. They make a huge impact, and it will radically change your life as well. I promise you it will change your life for the better. The third point is this. Um, when those people that responded to go back to Jerusalem and help build all their neighbors, everybody say all, all their neighbors help them with finances. And that's what today's is going to be about is what all of us do to help our missionary friends that are all over the world that need help. Ezra 1.6 says, All their neighbors assisted them with articles of silver and gold, with goods and livestock, and with valuable gifts, in addition to the free will offerings. Um, from the beginning, God has used um, generous believers to fund his work around the world. Even in 1 Chronicles 29.2, this is David speaking to the assembly of the Israelites when they were just about to build the temple the first time. And he said, with all of my resources, I have provided for the temple of my God. Gold, from the, gold for the gold work, silver for the silver, bronze for the bronze, iron for the iron and wood, and, for the, and onyx and, and for the settings, turquoise, stones, and various, of various colors, all kinds of fine stones and marbles. All of these, he said, in large quantities. Now, we don't build any more churches out of gold nowadays, just in case you were wondering. Um, but it still takes silver and gold to, to buy brick and mortar. And, um, and that's, that's what it takes. The Assemblies of God is kind of like the Israelites. We're sending people to Israel to rebuild the temple. Many of us are called to go on short and long-term missions. All of us are called to help make it possible, to help make it work. There is no big pot of fund that missionaries um, have to go to, to be funded. Um, missionaries itinerate, they raise their support. They'll, they'll I, I bet you get calls all the time, Pastor Mike, hey, Pastor Mike, I just got appointed to be a missionary, trying to go to Timbuktu, Africa, that's an actual place, if you're wondering, and um, I, can you support us? We need your help. And that's how missionaries are supported. And um, it's, it's a challenging season for a missionary, but let me say, it is one that works fantastic because of generosity of people just like you. Matthew 6, 21 says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Let me ask you a question today. What has God moved on your heart to do? We know many times, um, uh, who knows how many times a, pa a, a pastor has said to me, just like Brother Hunter, man, I can't believe you're here helping us today. I can't believe you came. I can't believe you're working hard. I can't believe people sent money to help us do this. It's amazing what um, your missions giving does and the impact that it makes. 2 Corinthians 9.12 says this, The service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. 
when, when you respond with your generosity and giving, uh, you supply a, a, a tremendous need, and you also bring glory to God in, in a way that I don't think we'll ever really know. A quick story here um, as, as I'm preparing to close, and I want to tell you about Pastor Ravish. Um, in, in the country of India, I won't mention the, the, the state, but in the country of, of India, there's a state that has 140 million people. That's half of America's population, and there's only 60 churches in that entire state of India. There's huge persecution by uh, the Buddhist in that area. It's Buddhist and Hindu. Uh, very, very strong. In fact, it's, it's where Buddhism started. And uh, Pastor Ravish, he leads, he leads this district and, um, and oversees those 60 pastors. His church um, does not own a building, and um, they've been displaced 33 times as a congregation. Every time they grow, the landlord knows what's going on in there, and they kick them out. They will not let the church grow. And um, we have... Um, the opportunity to help work with him right now to build the first church, physical church building, for those 60 churches there in, in that state. I'm very excited about. But I want you to get an idea, a sense of the kind of people that we're helping to support. If, we, if you would, Jennifer, the next picture here. I want to tell you about one of the pastors there in that, in that state. Uh, pa- I'm going to call them Pastor Mark and Pastor Sue. Okay, that's not their real names. Uh, I want to protect their names, plus I can't, I can't pronounce them anyway. So we're going to go with Pastor Mark and Pastor Sue. <laughs> um, a year and a half ago, a year and a half ago, just imagine this. Past, the pastor um, and his family were at home in the middle of the night, and they're asleep. And they start hearing a loud banging on the door. Pastor goes to the door, and uh, his wife starts hearing a ruckus and hides the kids. They all, it's a small house. They all sleep in the same bed. And uh, she's kind of hiding with the kids, and she goes to look out and see what's happening, and she sees her husband being drug away. There had been false charges um, brought against him as the pastor of a Christian church. And um, a year and a half ago, he was arrested. He's been in prison for a year and a half. And they're fighting the charges, trying to get them out. Here's what's amazing. Um, pastor Sue, his wife, st- stood up to the challenge, and she began leading their congregation. She didn't back down. She didn't close the church. She didn't go hide. She didn't stop doing what she was doing. This picture was taken just a couple of weeks ago. That's her at the, at the pulpit. You can't see her picture, her face, with a church full of people where she's preaching the gospel. They just had a baptism a few weeks ago with seven people baptized. And her husband is still in prison right now, and they're fighting the charges trying to get him out. These are the kind of people that we help support through our missions giving. What has God moved on your heart to do today? Our friends around the world are working hard to to build the church. I know I mentioned the faith promise card today. I'll explain what this is here momentarily and give you an opportunity to complete these. Um, If you don't have a faith promise card, um, please raise your hand. Pastor Mike or somebody will make sure that you have a faith promise card. I I want to make sure everybody has one of these so you have an opportunity to respond. And uh, Brother Erlen came up to me and said, Ryan, our goal is 100% participation. I would ask that everybody consider a faith promise. Now, you may be saying, what is a faith promise? You know, um, I, 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 I would explain it this way. Um, 
You may or may not have extra money in your personal budget. God's the way that God's economy works is really fascinating. And uh, when you respond to give in faith, by faith, he'll respond to put those funds in your pocket one way or another. One thing that's important to remember about a faith promise is it's not, it's not tithes. Tithes is what drives the operation right here of this church, and it's what makes this ministry and work possible. A faith promise would be over and above your tithes. This is a missions faith promise. And um, on this card, you've got an opportunity to make either a weekly or a monthly. And I know um, the way that this will be used is that um, Pastor Mike and the missions team will use this to have an idea of what is our missions budget. If a missionary calls me and says, I need, I'm, I'm newly appointed and I need support, can you pick me up? Um, the missions team needs to know, oh, here's our budget. Here's what, approximately what we're expecting this year. Your name doesn't get written down in a book, and you won't be hearing from, uh, from Erlen next week. Hey, you're a week behind on your faith promise. You said, you said 25 bucks a week, and um, you're $75 behind now. It's three weeks. It's, that's not what this is. This is you saying, God, I feel like you're challenging me to be involved in your work. I will give as the Lord enables, as the Lord enables me. First Chronicles 29:14 says, but who am I? And who are my people that we would be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you. And we have given you only what comes from your hand. God will put in your hand that which you promise to use for, for his purposes. I love this thing. I don't, I don't know if you've heard this. I heard a man, some called him mad. The more he gave, the more he had. God's economy works backwards. It's just so different, and uh, it follows right, right in line with Proverbs 11, uh, 24 that says, One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. God's people are called to be generous, and I'm telling you, the Assemblies of God is among the most generous in the world. Um, when the economy tanked, when COVID happened, when 2008 happened, there are other fellowships that are funded in other ways, and missionaries had to come home like crazy. That did not happen with our fellowship because of people just like you that give so generously. What I want you to do is I want you to hold this. I want you to put this card in your hand and hold it, and I just want to lead us in a word of prayer and give you a moment to respond, and I'll turn the, the service back to, to Pastor Mike as we, as we close. I want you to hold this card in your hand, and let, let me pray. Father, I thank you for the work that you're doing around the world and the opportunity that you give us to work in the mission of reaching the lost around the world. Father, you've, um, you've grown our, our fellowship around this mission of reaching people with the gospel right here at home and all around the world. And Father, it's made possible because of generosity of of, of your people who respond. And Father, I just ask right now that you would move on the hearts of every person here to grow in their faith. What would you call us to do today for your kingdom? In Jesus' name, amen. As you're holding the card, let me just close with this thought. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly, or under compulsion. You shouldn't feel forced or you shouldn't um, be reluctant either.
If God is calling you, then you should give because God loves a cheerful giver. He loves a cheerful giver. And um, this, is, this is my prayer for you this year because there's a lot of chaos. I would pray that uh, Psalm 6511, I, um, that God would crown your year with a bountiful harvest. And I pray that even the hard pathways would overflow with abundance. Pastor Mike, thank you so much for allowing me to be a part today. We're asking for 100% participation on the faith promise. You may, be, uh, you may not be ready to fill that out today. You may want to wait a couple of days or maybe next Wednesday or next Sunday. Um, I believe, um, Brother Erlen, maybe we could hand those to you at the back door as we're leaving for those that are ready um, to respond and then um, have Wednesday and next Sunday to respond and let the missions team and Pastor Mike know um, where the church is. Um, thank you so much again for your, for your faithfulness. Thank you for your, uh, your partnership. I can't wait to see a Journey Church team somewhere out there working with us in the world. And Pastor Mike, back to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you.